This is Board Game Squad. The show exclusively dedicated to the world of board gaming. For those who care about the meeple and who understand the sheer pleasure of sitting at a table and enjoying human interaction. Dude, it's your turn. Are you ready to meet our hosts? Here are Adam and Paul. Welcome to the Board Game Squad podcast. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm your host, Adam. Paul, what are we, uh, it's been a little while, what are we doing today? We are enduring the pandemic <laughs> and playing board games. Just like every single day. Yeah, that, that about sums it up. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> so a friend of mine told me that it doesn't matter what day it is, because right now there's only three days. There's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's it. That's really all we have to worry about. So what is it? It's today. Huh. So what are we doing today? That should help in my uh, deadlines. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's due tomorrow. Still. No, so I, I think we're going. We're going to. We we just wrapped up Gen Con online. Ooh, There's been one. a number of these um, online board game conventions, and I, I think they've been an interesting phenomenon. Uh, yeah. Whereas I think a lot of things have been working very well in an online only format. I've I've been working on at home since March. Adam always works at home. People are just figuring things out, but these these online conventions, in in my opinion, have have been a real bust. I was going to say they uh, they're getting a lot of mixed response from what I'm catching. Like people are really happy that they're available and that they're still getting to see new titles, you know, see some demonstrations, things like that. But as far as the overall experience, like, and I don't think anyone's terribly surprised by this. It's it's just not matching up with what they want. So, no, it's it's well for one they they're all a little bit rushed. They seem to get better with each subsequent convention and that's because sure. there's there's a little bit more time involved in planning them. Uh but you know we we started off the bat I don't even remember what was the first one. There was Origins which is an absolute disaster got canceled <laughs> for other reasons. Right, right. Um, there was the one that the Dice Tower did in combination with Board Game Geek which honestly I heard very little of coming out of and I I didn't personally attend. Yeah, I only caught a couple of murmurs about that one. It was more about like, oh, hey, I just happened to catch you know this title that somebody was talking yeah. about. Nothing, yeah. nothing yeah. about the con itself. Right, and there was like a few other small ones that like I I tuned into. Like mm-hmm. I I joined the Discord. I waited for things to happen. Saw not much happening, and like I was like, okay, well, next one. Yeah, uh, that's a weird kind of social dynamic for. A hobby that contains, let's face it, a lot of introverts, myself included. So mm-hmm. th- it, that's a weird kind of hurdle to get your anxieties over to just go into a room where you do not know anyone and bring yourself up on audio or video or however they're doing it and just jump right in. That's yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised they're having a hard time getting people to actually be excited it's, it's about not, it. It's, it's not only that. Like I, I personally have a hard time because... I'm at home, right? It's it's actually at home. It's business as usual, right? And then right. I'm not able, like, I go to a convention, and there's sort of a separation between my home life and like what's going on at the convention, and I don't have that currently. It's hard for me to block out time. I, I don't feel like I can really concentrate on the convention. 
Um, and then there's like other weird aspects of it as well. Like it's, it's centered around a chat room, you know, chat rooms get noisy despite how many channels they have. Right. You're not, you can't, you know, you don't have like the physical aspect, but like, the, the, you know, there's no pieces I'm touching. Things are going on in tabletop simulator or tabletopia internet connections get which wonky. has its learning curve of its own so i did a little bit with gen con it was definitely better than the other ones as far as i can tell uh we we did our own private event as members of punchboard media which we haven't really talked about but <laughs> we're proud members of punchboard media that'll be our uh, that that is our whole news segment right there that was it you guys <laughs> missed it <laughs> we are now members uh, of punchboardmedia.com yes uh so punchboard media is a is a great um consortium of you know board game media members uh and we we are proud members punchboard media did its own sort of gen con event mm-hmm. and we, we you know I, I sat through some demos uh it's still ongoing somewhat adam and i are, are trying to sit through another demo yep i did not get a chance to actually do any of the demos through that there's another one coming up that i have signed up actually i think you signed up for that same one didn't you mm-hmm. so we've got that coming up in the next couple of days i have been diving headfirst into Perseverance, episodes one and two, that Kickstarter that just finished up on uh, from, yeah. what was it, Mind Clash Games. You got a preview copy of I that. I did get a preview copy of that. That's It was terribly exciting because um, I'm not going to name names, but the box was shipped to me from another reviewer that is one of the people I respect like the most in this whole hobby. So it was just kind of exciting that the box came from them to me, and it contains a preview copy of a game that's not out yet. Like this, this was a big day for me. So <laughs> I got, cool game. I got terribly you fan, excited. You, you fanboyed a little bit. There. I did, I did. I'm not even ashamed to say it, man. Yeah, Adam, Adam sent me a, a picture. On, on <laughs> like, look, I did. Look I this copy. <laughs> oh my god. Guess whose address I have now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would you put your return ad- address on there? Come on! It's almost like you have to send it on to uh, someone else. You maybe. know better. Well, I got now. I have to return it back to Mind Clash, which is overseas shipping. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, just let me know where you want me to send it. Thinking it was going to be, well, yeah, we need you to ship it, you know, across country or something like that. But no, it's got to go back to like Hungary. I think I forget now. I'll edit that out. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I believe. I believe <laughs> I, no, I, they're they're based out of Hungary. They are. Okay, no, I'll leave yeah. it in there. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is what happens so, when yeah, you're out of practice. All right. Yeah. No. I, this is fine. So, so Adam's got a, a preview. Um, I do. Written yep. post coming up on BoardGameSquad.com. Be on the lookout for that. That'll be up this week, the week of the tenth. I wouldn't make promises in case the zombies get in. Just in case, but our case. our area's actually been uh, the area I'm in has actually been doing really, really well. Our counts have gone down. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. No, I know New you're Jersey's like right in the heart. Yeah, so so New Jersey had gotten a lot better. Like mm-hmm. it, it was, we were good. Now the you know whatever the the R value, the the rate of infection mm-hmm. has gone is, is starting to climb a little bit. So we'll see, we'll see. So if you're listening to this, all you have to do is wear a mask for like two weeks. If all of us do that, we can just be done with this, and I can go outside again. And I miss it outside. So please, for me. Wear end of PSA. PSA, wear a mask. <laughs> I'll send you a mask if you don't have one. Oh, no, I have plenty. It's just everyone else that no, is the listeners. I'll send, I'll send oh, the listeners. I'm an idiot. I thought you and I were talking. 
you and I are talking. But we're but not talking to us. We're, we're talking we're to talking you. into the void. The, the podcasting <laughs> void. So let's see. I'm already way off track, man. I am off my yes, game. So, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> the remaining episode, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk quickly. This, the spiel that Yaris winners were announced. Yes. And then we're gonna get into our deep dive of Sanctum from Czech Games Edition. Oh yes, yes. Okay. So as far as Spiel des Jahres goes, which I think I'm saying right, I always am hesitant, but um, yeah, 2020 winners were just announced. Do you want to go through them in any particular order? Do you want to... You know, we'll, we'll start off with the... What do you call it? The uh, Spiel or Kennerspiel? The Kennerspiel, oh. which is the category that you know I, I tend to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. That is the, the connoisseur game of the year. The crew, the, the quest for Planet Nine. This has gotten so much buzz. It is a cooperative, trick-taking game that is uh, kind of like a kind of a, a got a campaign to it. Essentially, you yeah, from- you're you're mm-hmm. basically playing through like different levels of difficulty, and they kind of slap a campaign onto that theming. Um, the whole kind of point of it is you are a crew of astronauts who are basically training, getting prepared, eventually going into your space shuttle, going out into orbit, eventually reaching the moon, I believe, is the end location. I don't remember. Um, but the way it kind of progresses is level one, like you're not even you're not even allowed to go to the rocket yet. Level one is like you got to get into your spacesuit. And it really just teaches you the base rules of how a trick-taking game works and, like, your objective for that game. Game two, same thing. It's all the same rules because that's never really going to change. It's just a different objective. And those objectives, man, are tough. So there's, I think there's something like 50 different missions. And that sounds the, right, The yeah. objective changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I have a copy sitting in my shelf of shame, but I, I haven't played it yet. But Adam, you you have played it. We did, yep. And I want to say we got through. I, I want to say it was like six levels, maybe, and then it started to kind of well, forgive the pun, but stall out a little bit for us. Um, not not that we weren't enjoying it. It was we had been playing it for about you know half hour, forty five minutes, and for my group to sit down and play a trick taking game for that long is phenomenal for me. But they don't care for it. And so we just ended up stopping where we were, but it has a mm-hmm. nice progression to it because you're you're learning how to play the game. You're learning like it's not just try to collect the most tricks or try to make sure that your partner is set up for tricks. It is a fully cooperative game. There is you know one objective, and the whole table is really trying to work toward it. Or you know sometimes there's multiples, but we'll get there in a moment. It's very weird for someone who like grew up playing trick taking games to pivot and switch gears over to a game where, yeah, you're still going through those same mechanical motions, but all of a sudden, your thinking has completely changed. You might not want to pick that up. You might want, like, the second player at the table to pick it up so that the second player can lead the trick so that the person to their right can finish the trick because the person at the right needs to be the one to pick up the specific car, but you're also hoping that anyone else at the table sees what you just did with setting up the turn order and put out that card that the last player to play needs to pick up. And it's just, you're not allowed to talk throughout the entire thing, and it just complicates everything. There's a really cool mechanism about how you can give information, though. Which is, I was going to hand off to you, but you haven't played it yet, so I'm just going to dive right back. I've read the rules. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Well, go ahead, then. 
So it's it's you actually you maybe you might have to save me here. So you give an indicator. <laughs> you you agree to give a communication, right? Mm-hmm. And then there is a, an indicator where you place on uh, depending on what section of a card you place the indicator on. Yep. It says you have higher lower it's or... going to tell you it's going to tell the other players whether or not the card that's on the table with the marker on it is either the highest card you have of that suit the lowest card you have of that suit or the only card you have of that suit because you're going to put that little marker either at the top bottom or middle respectively so if i've got you know a blue 5 and i want to let my everyone on my team know that i have a blue 5 because it's the only blue card I have, then that five goes out on the table. I put my little marker in the center of it. Everybody now knows, okay, Adam has a blue five. Well, why is that important? Well, one of the objectives may be, hey, as a team, collectively, the second card to be collected has to be the blue five. So now everyone at the table knows I have that blue five. We all know it needs to be the second card collected. And I have also told everyone at the table that it's my only blue card, which is a huge push to everyone at the table, don't lead blue until the second trick. Or until the second objective card yeah. is ready to be collected. So it sounds very, like, Hanabi-ish. Oh my like, god, yeah. trick-taking spin. Yep, and, well, in that feel of, like, Hanabi, or the mind also comes up a lot when we were mm-hmm. when we were teaching it and figuring out how to play, because, like, again, with the mind, obviously, uh, you can't talk at all with Hanabi- you're relaying information in cryptic ways, and it, it takes all of that, and it, it really actually it does do it in a really cool way. I did not want to jump on the bandwagon of, hey, here's a trick-taking game that came out that has a twist on trick-taking, because no, nothing about that sounds enticing or original, really. We've yeah. seen it done a million times. Um, yeah, no, they, they did a great job. It's a blast. I, <laughs> it, it deserves the hype. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I, cause you know, some of the, some of the other nominees, I, I know at least one of them you were, you were really into. So, um, it was the the crew. Nominee? It was cartographers, which I know you didn't love. Yeah, um, no, that was a good one though. That was actually uh, one of the Roland rights I enjoy a lot. I like cartographers. Yeah. Uh, but the, the other one that I was referencing was the King's dilemma. Oh yeah. That is a good game. I, I assume you would have picked the King's Dilemma over the crew. Um, if I was on that jury, I may have still vote. Like personally, I think King's Dilemma is a more impressive project. I think it's what they pulled off. Everything that they they poured into that game, be you know, going into the stories because there's like five or six different storylines in it. There's different paths you can go down in each of those storylines. I, I think it's a much more lofty, much more impressive project that was done exceptionally well, and I would recommend it to anyone. If I was on that jury for Kennerspiel, I may have still gone with the crew because I think there's a little more—it's a little more accessible to more players, and I think there's value it's the there. Kennerspiel, though, it's not the—it's not the spiel. True, but with um, even with Kennerspiel, like because Spiel is just game of the year. Kinderspiel is kids' game of the year. Pardon me. Uh, Kennerspiel is the oh, how do they always the connoisseur? Connoisseur, and or expert is sometimes I've seen it referred to. And I think either of those descriptions would still, to me, say this is for people that 
do gaming as more than just a passive hobby. These are people that, you know, invest a little bit of time, a little bit of money into the hobby. They have more than four or five games at their house. They have um, friends that come over for, you know, weekly or monthly sessions, whatever. People that have actually committed to gaming as a hobby, I think that's what the Kenner Spiel is more meant for. And I think the crew serves more of that audience than King's Dilemma does. If I can put right. too fine a point on it. <laughs> that seems completely legit. I am so tired of lugging this soapbox around with me, man. It's just heavy. <laughs> I gotta climb up on it every day. Uh, it's exhausting. Maybe. Um, what, uh, <laughs> what one spiel, though? Yeah, so I'm gonna go through the through the nominees and mm. we'll have That's our a audience. smarter radio way to guess. do it. You're, yeah, you. yeah, let's... Alright, so... The first game was a game by Uwe Rosenberg. It was actually a, a collaboration with Uwe Rosenberg and a, another designer I've never heard of, Kome Van Mursel. I butchered that for sure. Apologies for called, the pronunciation. Apologies. Nova Luna. Oh, that was... I didn't know that that was nominated. That's great. And a pr- pretty little game. Yeah. There was a game, which I've never heard of, called Pictures. Um, that was... The designer is Daniela E. Christian Store. Again, apologies for the pronunciation. Then there was a game by Dr. Reiner Kinesia called My City, mm-hmm. which I think just came out in the States. Another uh, Thames and Cosmos game. Uh, I think it's city building, tile laying, um, what do you call it? Not campaign, um, a legacy game. Pretty curious to check that one out personally, but probably the least known game on this list won the spiel uh pictures i think everyone was pretty surprised by this no one really it was it wasn't on anyone's radar that i knew of it's this little party game um it's like a, a deduction game some like part code names part i don't know and for what feels like kind of just like a light party game i think it's cool that uh sort of the the one no one was expecting one. And by the way, this has some cool components. I, I didn't kind of mention that. The components are have include shoelaces, mm-hmm. color cubes, icon cards, sticks, stones, or building blocks. Yeah, just the most random box of stuff you'd ever buy. <laughs> and here's this like that, award-winning right? game behind it, which is lovely. Yeah, no, I, it's great. I'm thrilled with that. Shoelaces. It, like you said, though, like, just unexpected like i just i don't know how to react to it basically i I think that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right we'll we'll move on so adam what have you been playing so other than perseverance (laughs) uh other than perseverance um I got a couple of sessions in of a game called paradise lost i just put a review up of that uh, that's on the website, BoardGameSquad.com, if you want to know what I thought about it. I've actually got a good amount of thoughts on it. Um, all in all... a thought or two. Yeah, just, just you know, a couple. Um, all in all, though, really interesting game, really interesting project. I like what they were working for. It's not for me. Um, I don't think it's for a lot of people, if I'm being really honest. There's a lot of good to it, though. There's some cool ideas, gorgeous art to it, so... Read through the review. I, I go into more detail on it there. Um, 
I got to play Ride the Rails, the second in the Cube Rail series that uh, Capstone is pushing out, because we can't have an episode without talking about Capstone games. Iron Rails. Yep. Um, (laughs) uh, Love it. Really good. Just as good as Irish Gage. Really? Yeah. So you know how Irish Gage has that kind of mechanic going on in the background of as you place more trains out, there's fewer in the pools available to use for anything or actually no sorry with um with irish gauge it's the cubes in the bag as you pull them out that's what pays so you want your cubes to get pulled but at the same time the more of them get pulled out the less likely they are to pull out and pay out um ride the rails has something similar going on in the background where the trains themselves that are available in the general supply you are either taking them an individual train and putting it on your player board, and that counts as a stock of that train company, or you're putting the trains out on the board. So you've got the same problem in front of you. As you take more out to put on the board, there's fewer of them available the next time it's your turn to take for a stock option. So I, I, that that little balancing act in games is something that I'm such a fan of anyway, and now this whole series is coming out with that driving it. Um, I love it. I cannot recommend those games enough. What about you? You some games, man. Say again. Yeah. So I've I've played. <laughs> I just said that they're the winsome. They're good winsome games. Are good. Yeah, just... they are. And uh, I feel stupid Ugly, because yeah. I hadn't played them prior. <laughs> it was just always a problem of like yeah. no one no one I game with really cares for like a heavy economic game except for me. And I can convince one of the other people in my group regularly to try them out with me, but that's a that's about it. So but anyway, what have you been playing lately? Yeah, so very little. Mm. Um, I've certainly well, I, I started a new job uh, on top of this whole mm-hmm. pandemic thing, so it's it's certainly interfered with my gaming more than expected. Uh, so in terms of like family gaming, I've been whipping out uh, a roll and write called Metro X over and over and over again and i think it's my favorite role and right right now it is so simple there's a lot of depth to it you know they made that a lot simple but with like a lot of depth but this 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 game really has it like honestly um so it's a a japanese game originally Mm -hmm. and you it's a flipping right so you have a, a a single deck of cards that everyone is drawing from and you you draw the card and everyone has to fill in a number based on which card was drawn um and you're you're trying to complete routes based on those fill ins and you, you everyone can choose a different route to fill it in um and there's some other ways of scoring as well um and at the end you want you want to have the most points um it it is probably the simplest implementation of a roll and write i've ever played <laughs> but it but it it is so rich in strategy, and I love it. I love it. Um, and they just came out in the U.S. Uh, Game Right published it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It's a lot uglier than the Japanese version. I don't know why they did that, but I definitely recommend it. Actually, when I visited Japan, I went to three different game stores trying to find a copy. I was going to uh, say. So I'm glad they brought it to the U.S., yeah. Yeah, because I knew this as a Japanese release for a long time. This is another one of, um, uh, what's his name, Hisashi Hayashi? Is that right? Yep. Um, because I know he's put out a handful of games that are just every single one of them is awesome. Uh, Trains was him. Uh, String Railway was him. Um, Yokohama he worked on. Actually, I think that was entirely him. Now that I'm talking about it, but yeah, like everything that he's put out that I'm aware of, anyway. Exactly what you're saying. Just such depth to it. You can't help but love that. 
this is an elegant, simple, deep yep. design, and it's 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 beautiful. I love it. Very Japanese. I got to try out a bunch of games um, during the Punchboard Media event. Mm-hmm. We got demos of Takenu, Obelisk of the Sun. This is the upcoming board and dice game by Daniel Tashini and David Tersi. It was only a demo, and I, you know, I, I'm I have a copy on its way, so I, I can't wait to give that a proper review. But oh, nice. oh my god, this is a beautiful design. I'm gonna love this so much. It is. It feels. Look, I really like Trismegistus, but like people had a lot of issues with it, mm-hmm. and there was definitely some things that could have been refined that made it a little bit better. I think it takes a lot of the elements that were really good in Trismegistus, like some of them. It's a different game. Uh, but you could feel how they borrowed from that. There's a little bit borrowed from Teotihuacan. Th- this game's going to be good. It's a really cool, like, little dice, dice drafting game with, uh, I shouldn't say little, it's got a lot of weight. To it. It's <laughs> going to be good. Say, it's about as big There's as a lot going on. <laughs> uh, Zulkin and Teotihuacan. So. But yeah, actually, uh, uh, when I listened to you and David talk about that design, like, that just sounded really exciting. So Yeah, it's going to be great. I also try. Uh, Board and Dice has been hinting at an unnamed game with really pretty sort of mandala components. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that properly yet, but I got to demo that unreleased, unannounced game. Um, And that looked really, really cool. Really, really cool. (laughs) Um, There is a two-player version on Kickstarter right now of Vinyl called Vinyl Jukebox, which was honestly, this, this is like it's a nice game. There's a little bit of push your luck to it and a set collection. You have this, like you're building like this little tableau. It feels a little like, uh, um, what's the game that you love that I hate? Targi. Yeah. A little, tar- a little Targi. <laughs> instantly knew it. it. Yeah. I will um, have my expansion for Targi soon. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Of course, if I've also been saying like soon little... since like March. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, so anyway, if you're looking for like a nice little two-player game, I definitely recommend giving that a look-see. Um, I got to play a good amount of Fort from Leader Games. That is one um, that I really want to look at, and I need you to start talking more about it right now. Please and thank you. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so it it is. It looks um, phenomenal. It's a, re-imet- it's, it's a, it's a deck-building game. So Fort. Um, Leader Games is, of course, the, the the publisher that put out Root, various expansions. They have a game called Oath coming out. Um, Fort, which is a reimagining of, of another deck-building game called SPQF. Um, except the theme is now you play different kids and you're, like, building forts and you're collecting pizza and toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and the artwork's really, really nice. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. So, like, you have... Um, well, like the deck building is you have some best friends that you know can't be thrown away, and then you have cards that once you play, the remainder of cards in your hand become available to everyone to buy or rather use. Uh, so you, you can lose oh, that's your cards terrifying. to other players, yeah, it's very cool. Um, or you know, they might just go into your discard pile, but you don't know, right? Right? Uh, so, like, if it's really appealing to your opponent, they might end up like snatching it. Um, and then there's just there's a lot of there's this this thing where you're you're systematically building your fort and you grow in levels your fort and that's one of the the win conditions if you get to the 
last level of building your fort, which is it's just milled, um, moving a, a little chip along a board. Um, they could have done something. Oh, so you're not actually but, building anything. It's really just a progression marker. Yeah, that's all right. It's a progression marker, but, the, but the that's not the point really of the nice game. The point of the game is the interaction. No, right. So it's a it's a highly interactive deck building game in the sense that you have to worry about which cards you are using, discarding, and whether your opponent might grab those. Yeah, I look forward to playing more of it. I like deck building games. I like the theme. This is definitely little bit more unique than many deck building games I've played. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out. I believe it's open for pre-order right now. Really, I gotta take a closer look into that one. I know there's a couple of reviews out for it right now. It was one that definitely caught my eye. They also did a game called Vast, and then they did Vast the Mysterious Mansion, which was That's basically true. a reskin of the original Tighten Up the Rules a little bit. Um, I, we had bought Vast originally when it first went out on Kickstarter, Got it in. It was actually a phenomenal game. Um, really cool idea. Basically, like if you're familiar with Root, it's a similar concept of complete asymmetry. Like every single player at the table is playing a different character or a different entity, and More they though, right? yeah, and but they work completely independent of each other, but completely rely on the others for interactions. Really cool how they make everything work. It just didn't work for us, so. I never got a chance to play, strike that. I did get a chance to play Root. I actually passed on it when I had the chance to play it. That was a mistake. So <laughs> that's oh, trying to learn from Root's them. really good. Root is really good. Yeah. It, Root. It's a war game dressed up like a kid show, which is great. I love that, but it's still a war game, and, and I am very much that Care Bear at the table <laughs> that doesn't want to go through and murder all of your troops, especially when they're like cute little bunnies and squirrels and things. I'll, I'll murder your little guys. Oh, I have no Not doubt. Not in real life. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but, uh, if we're playing a game, it's... I, I don't know what it done. is, man. It's just always been a barrier for me, so... I don't no, like... I understand. I don't care for attacking people. That was that was the piece of cartographers that I did not care for. Like, I love yeah. the game as a whole, but that one aspect of, like, I'm going to hand my sheet over to somebody, and they're just going to uh, basically yeah, actually, raise the earth where I don't want yeah. them to. That's horrifying. I think it's actually worse when it's, when it's like, a minor aspect of the game. So, like, if the whole game right. is, like, aggression, aggression... Sure. Yeah, if and... that's the purpose, then great. We can do that. But... But if you have a game where like you're planning and strategizing, mm-hmm. and then like someone can come through and be like, "Whoop, <laughs> hey Paul, check out this amazing grandfather clock that I just built myself with my two hands from scratch. I put all of these cogs in here, and I weighted the pendulum the right way, and I got it. Just it, everything is singing. Jenga. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, you you have found the aspect of take that mechanisms that I do not care for, 100%. But like you said, if there's a game that relies on it entirely, no, I understand that. then, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. But anyway. Um, I think Root is an excellent game. It, it's terrible at two players. I do not recommend playing it at two players. If you have more than two players in your game group, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. It's just not a two-player game. You know what is a two-player game? And it is two-player only. A uh, little card game that we just picked up called... I, I pronouncing it wrong, so again, apologies for the pronunciation. Uh, it's called Herloff, H-E-R-R-L-O-F. It is a two-player trick-taking game, which I know I, I know I just said, like, oh, it's a trick-taking game where they switched something up real quick and made it different, and, you know, who's who's impressed by that? Well, 
turns out it's me twice in the same show now. So, uh, like I said, two-player trick-taking game, and it's exactly what you would expect a trick-taking game to be. You've got your hand of, I think it's 15 cards in this game. Uh, There is a trump suit. You put out a card. Whoever plays the higher card of the lead suit takes the trick, or you can trump it and take the trick with that. That is it. It is very much just a regular trick-taking game with a couple minor exceptions sprinkled in to actually make it a two-player game worth playing, and it is phenomenal. So those couple of switches, there's a handful of cards. It's like the three, six, and the nine. They do specific things if you win a trick with them. Um, If you win with a three, and I'm, I'm doing this from memory, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt, please. Uh, If you win a trick by using a three, you get to steal a card from an opponent's hand. If you win a trick with a nine, which is the highest value of any suit, um, you don't get to lead the next trick your opponent does, because your victory was too easy. And then there's also two cards in the deck with multiple copies of those cards where uh, it will potentially change the trump suit or just make it so that no one wins the trick. So you have ways of still controlling the game, even if you're not going to win the trick. Even if you're trying to take control of, like, first player, you may not be able to because you're playing a nine and it has to pass to somebody else. It's so cool. It is so smart, and it's simple, and if you're a fan of trick-taking games and you've always wanted one that you can play two-player, this is a no-brainer. All right, Adam, you, you, you're going to drop this game into the show notes, right? So I can yes. look at them Yep, and, um, and everyone else. It's called Herlof, H-E-R-R-L-O-F, unless I've got the spelling backwards. Um, I'll drop it in the show notes. Uh, bear in mind, it was a Kickstarter. I don't know what the availability is going to be, but I will, I'll look into it for everybody and I'll put it in the notes. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. That was really everything on my playing lately list. Do you have anything? No, that's that's it for me, other than Sanctum. Sanctum. Do you want to go through description? Do you want me to? Do you want to talk about disclosures real quick? We were asked to play and review this from the designers. We ended up playing it on Tabletop Simulator, which worked really well for it. I feel that that's good for disclaimers, yeah? Yep. Mazel yep. Um Yeah, mazel <laughs> Go ahead. I can say that. Um, you can. I shouldn't. You can. I give you permission. Oh. Thank you. All right. Yeah, celebrating. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so Sanctum is a quintessentially, if you've ever played the video game Diablo, they tried to capture that game and stick it into a Euro game, which sounds really, really cool. A lot of the mechanics are really, really cool, actually. So you're sort of, it's somewhat asymmetric. You're playing different characters who can obtain different skills throughout the game as you're go through the different levels, the different boards fighting demons. You gain skills as you fight and defeat demons. And it's all dice placement, right? Um, Would you describe it as dice placement? Um, Yeah, not because it's not dice drafting. It's not worker placement. Um, Yeah, no, dice dice placement is probably the right way to to go about it. You want to Let's before we actually talk about like how to play for people that aren't familiar with the game. Um, quick description right from the developers: 
Uh, Sanctum is a competitive strategy game inspired by hack-and-slash RPG video games. Each player controls one of the four unique characters as they journey into the heart of the fallen city of Sanctum, building up their skills and arsenals along the way to prepare for their final fight against the Demon Lord. Demon Lord. Yeah, that some bitch. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like everyone is comparing this to Diablo. Um, I didn't get that. Other than like the art aesthetic. Yeah, yeah going through and killing demons. Right. And leveling up. To me, Diablo, and this is me splitting hairs for sure. Diablo was always the game that I played when I wanted to just grind. I want to kill things. I want to collect loot. I didn't get that nearly as much from this. And it is very much what you do, but, like, I didn't... I don't know, I didn't get a Diablo feel. I actually got more of, like, a gauntlet from the 80s and 90s video game. Mm -hmm. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that that was more the feel I got. You're still fighting off waves of enemies. They'll periodically drop something good that you'll use to buff, but by and large, you're just killing swaths of things so that you can get some experience and level up that one kind of ability that you have to make it a little bit better. That was that was closer to the feel I got from it, but really yeah. combine those two notions. That's going to give you a good idea of what Sanctum is. Okay, yeah, I, I, I could uh, I could get behind that. Okay, it's somewhere in between. <laughs> totally, yeah, and I'm not discounting Diablo entirely. I'm just like I, I think it needs a little bit of an amendment. That's all. Yeah, and but well, and then it builds up to pretty much the game is the same. You play a certain number of yep. acts, as they call them based on your player count leading up to the final act in which you have to go against this demon lord and sort of all your leveling up and skills you've acquired there's like these milestones that only help you for the the big demon boss battle Mm -hmm. that's all built up to this final battle and this battle is hard pretty much um you don't have to defeat him to win it's one of those things where like if you beat him like yay that's that's awesome but like you might all die and whoever dies you know last like (laughs) that's the whoever stood up the longest you're the winner (laughs) right right um you fell down last congratulations just i kind of like that there was this progression to the game where like you're you're leading up to this game um the rules change a little bit it gets really 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 hard everything sort of Mm -hmm. progressed um and led up to this point well, it's basically split up into, what, two acts, basically, essentially. Depends I've said that a couple of times players. now. Um, well, so through through the first portion of the game, you get essentially three things to choose from on your turn. You can move your character, you can fight, or you can rest. Moving is you, you literally just move your pawn to the front of the line on the, on the main board. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you decide to use your turn to fight... That's the exciting part. That's where you get to, you know, take all your dice, and there's what? You start with a few, and you can get all the way up to, like, five or six dice, if I remember yeah, right. I think we actually butchered it when we played. Oh, so yeah, no, fine. we totally played it wrong. We played on easy mode for the first half of the game and hard mode for the last half. So, <laughs> it's... Um, but, yeah, as far as the fight portion goes, uh, you start with a few dice, you build your way up throughout the game to get more and more dice, uh, but you roll all of those, and they're really just matching the pips to the cards that you're trying to attack. If you can match the pips, then fantastic. If you can do that enough times, the critter dies. Critter flips over to reveal the loot that they drop, and that goes into your inventory, and you can equip and that you later can purchase on. It. You can yep. purchase it to equip it, yeah. Oh, yep. Um, which is great. 
it's all it, it works really well uh the last thing that you can do as an option on your turn or uh, instead of doing fight or doing move you can rest rest is really just a glorified kind of cleanup phase in my opinion but um it's where you go through and you kind of reset everything on your player character uh you can sell items for potions which will help you with your abilities later on um the first time you do rest that's when you're supposed to get your extra die that one we screwed up when we played but mm-hmm. everything else we pretty much did right um yeah and then phase two is the the latter half of the game that's where you're actually fighting the demon lord it's essentially the same thing it's just going to be a lot of fighting going straight forward there is no move action there is no rest action you're just rolling dice and assigning them and hoping you have enough to get you through yeah meanwhile the 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 demon lord is coming through and attacking with all his might (laughs) which is a lot yeah yeah demon lord was tough yeah, I don't think we got very far. Um, so, well, when you go to fight the Demon Lord, you end up getting dealt, like, I want to say it's like ten cards, something along those lines. Again, it's it's been a little while since we've actually played this, so we, d- we did play it, I promise. But um, you get dealt, like, ten cards, and they go out in front of you, and you have to beat them in order from left to right. And I think, I want to say we both got right around, like, the halfway to a little bit further mark before the Demon Lord actually killed us on that. But that was also, like, the first time we played it, so. So, I am so conflicted on this game, Adam. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, it wasn't me this time. All right. No, you can see I have both hands on my face. Let's talk about it. All right. right. So, uh, I actually decided to go really fair this time. I wrote down a list of things that I genuinely liked about the game. Let's hear them. I love rolling handfuls of dice. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no, I got more. I just wanted to give it a hard time. No, no, no. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I could go a bit if you want. No, so, no, no, no. I was deliberately pausing to be a jerk. Um, no, no, no. Okay, so I, I do love rolling dice. Who doesn't? Like, just grab a m- mound of little shiny plastic click-clack noise makers and throw them on the table and just start moving things around. That's what this game is. And I love that. Um, I do love the feel of the game, like that kind of gauntlet Diablo style of just slaying millions of creatures as they come out in troves and knock them out. And it's doing all of this with really simple mechanisms. Like, the entire game is fight after fight after fight, and it's so simple and so straightforward. When so many games do fights wrong with dice, this is absolutely doing it the right way. So, kudos and total credit to them for doing that. So, I there's some really great euro mechanics yep, in this. Totally. Game. So that there's this whole like it's, I don't want to I don't know what to call it. There's like this tier of skills that you can acquire yep. after a while, um, and you're like moving a, a gem up as you like fulfill a requirement, uh, and if you take it off the bottom and you move it up two, you might make the ones that are a little bit easier to uh, gain harder to get because you've moved more gems onto it Mm -hmm. and the way that you you, you fight and then you acquire loop and then you have to pay with it pay to actually equip it using those gems that you've taken off from the skill board i love that yeah no the the leveling up system that it employs is phenomenal they they did a wonderful job of that that was actually in the list of things that i i genuinely enjoyed in the game I, like I they wish did that was the entire game 
and that's that's just it. Like I'm I'm thinking back on it. Like okay, so the main thing that I do with my turn is I roll a bunch of dice and assign them out. I love that. And then the other main thing that you're doing is working on unlocking your abilities from this kind of little level up tree sideboard thing. And they did a really good job of how that works because it all comes down to you know what enemies have you killed, what type of enemy was it, did they award you with a gem, and so you're you're making decisions this whole time about what creatures you're going to kill for what reasons and at the end of the game i still didn't enjoy it yeah same so so that seemed like it was such a cool little dice mechanism and like system overall but like i it felt really flat for me so and i think i think i know what it is for me about it that makes it fall so flat I have a thought too. I'm curious to hear what you say. Oh, I'm I oh, I want them to line up so bad, but I know it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> really? uh, let's find out. So for me, um, the from the moment I had read through the rules, and I even pulled up a how to play video just to make sure I always do that, like read the rules and watch a video just to make sure I'm doing everything right. Um, between both of those, the game felt like it was built as a solo game. Mm. and they're like, yeah, we're not going to make it a solo game, though. We're going to make it multiplayer competitive. Well, how do you do that in this style game? It ends up including basically player elimination. If I make it further than you, you're out of the game. It's not a race, and it's not for victory points. It is, like we talked about, who's standing the longest. And I just, I don't care. I, it, there was some gap between you and I in, in our me. play, I believe. Right? Oh yeah, yep. So yeah, what... that's not what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I have. Well, I, first of all, I do share one of your criticisms. This felt that it should like have been a solo was, game. Should have been a solo game. Mm-hmm. And to to their, you know, to give them credit, after we played this game, they released solo rules. They did, and actually, I think that was fairly recently, like within the last... Fairly recently. I might be wrong on this, but I want to say it was within the last couple of weeks from when we're recording this. I I believe it was. And the solo rules look really, really good. Yeah, no, it looks great. Like, oh yeah, that is the game that they intended to make. Okay, there it is. Why didn't... Except it it clearly wasn't. (laughs) I, I feel like it was... So, you and, think they, they intended, they just, they, the oh, development wasn't far, far enough along or in the, so, in the, the rules there? Or like, what, why would they have not included this in the box? This is going purely based off of a gut feeling of it. I have no insight here. But the way the game feels as an end product is like someone had a great idea for a solo game and designed it and developed it up and made this really fun just like I'm going to sit down I'm going to put some stuff on the table I'm going to roll dice and it's going to be fun and they nailed it they did that they made that game and they brought it to publishers and publishers kept saying no because when you bring games to publishers more often than not they say no CGE saw it and said hey you know there's a lot here that we really like and again this is complete in my head made up please don't hold me to any of this good god um but cge saw it said hey this is a great game with a lot of good stuff in it uh we needed to suit more players so it went into development to just make it multiplayer and then they put it out that way and i think enough people said man this feels like a solo game that they're like shit we got to put the solo rules so you can get the solo rules off of cge's website they're on bgg too but yeah they uh the solo rules do not come in the box uh, and they were treated kind of like an afterthought. 
for a game that feels purely like a solo game, and that to me, yeah. it's it felt like a mistake, missed opportunity it, at least. Definitely a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, I I think I would like to try this again as a solo game. Uh, I think if anyone out there is a solo player, this is an easy recommend. Grab this. You're you're gonna have fun with it. I, I feel I could not very have said comfortable that a month that. ago. Oh no, not at all. So I, I still have my notes up in front of me. I wrote all these down when we had played it. Um, currently on BGG at the time, it was ranked 7.1 for uh, user ratings. I had given it a 3. I likely would never play it again. Now that the solo rules are up, I'm still not a big solo player, um, but it's easy for me to recommend it to solo players. Yeah. 100%. I, so I had a very similar reaction. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I played this once. I, I did not want to play this again. Um, I would play this again as a solo game. Yeah, the game also like drags. There's so much as your the the move action. Mm-hmm. It it drags, <laughs> which it is feels... the weirdest thing because all it should be is you move your person from the last or from wherever they are to the front of the line. That is the move yeah. action, and then it's a it bunch of like... admin. Yeah, it, it's it's it's, it's a terrible yep. feel. Like it, you you move up. And you pick a, a set of demons to pick up, and mm-hmm. it just feels like so rote and like a, a waste of time as yeah. you want to like get to the rest of the game. We had we had talked about that when whilst we were playing it, like we were three or four turns in. It's like I guess I'll move again, even though this feels like a non-turn. Which, hey, spoiler alert, friends. Um, I'm actually in the midst of writing another article: uh, the seven deadly sins of board game design. One of the biggest problems with board game design is forcing players to take turns that aren't fun. This is a classic, well not classic, this is a prime example of that. If your whole turn is to just move your pawn forward and fill the board up with cards, you've done nothing. The player had no agency in what happened there. They had to move because they were out of critters to attack. And when they move, they don't get anything for it just more stuff comes out on the board to look at but they don't even get first dibs the next player does well there, well, there is a little so at some point there's the first person to like exit the board gets first pick on like loot sure so there, there, there's a little bit of a benefit that is the most minor very little, very incentive little, very though little. because yeah. most of the loot you're getting is from the stuff that you're killing so you're better off spending your turns attacking what you already have claimed for your targets yeah, and yeah, the, yeah I the Obviously, we've we've got some problems with the game design. There's, I, I, I it kills me to to really crack down on a game like that, especially when it's actually a really nice game. There's some solid production value here. There's some really clever rules. There's some it, there's a lot of fun to the game. Mechanically, it, there's a lot of great aspects to it too. Yeah, no, everything like. I've never played a game that I, I dare say I've never played a game that felt more balanced. And it's because everything was so straightforward in it. You've got three options on your turn. Move, fight, or rest. That's it. Okay, well, when I move, this happens. When I rest, this happens. When I fight, I roll dice, and then this happens. Like it, it like you said, though, everything felt very rote. I really like the dice placement, though. Like the, the whole, it, like it's really nice. So, okay, here's here's my recommendation then. Um, how big is the box for Sanctum? Do you remember? It's a standard CGE box, okay. so like like Monopoly sized, almost. 
with Monopoly, I always pictured like the long, thin Milton Bradley ones. Am I? It's a little thicker, but it's sort of long and and thinnish. Okay. So, friends out there in the world, if you are considering this game, number one, uh, it's available on Tabletop Simulator, I believe, is where we played it. Was that Tabletopia? We played on Tabletop Sim. We played it on Tabletop Sim. So it's available on Tabletop Sim. Give it a whirl. If you like it, fantastic. It again, solo, I can easily recommend it. If you're looking for I mean, for, I can't recommend it if you haven't played it. If you're big into solo gaming, I I, th- I think I could easily say, yeah, you know what? I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. I'm I'm pretty okay. comfortable with that. That being said, if you want the same experience in a smaller box with some tighter rules, there's a game out there called Deep Space D6. It's the exact same thing. You roll some dice, you assign them to areas, and it, it just filtered out the the BS. On, and they're completely different designs, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's, it's that same tactile feel of, on my turn, I'm going to roll a bunch of dice, I'm going to make decisions on what to do with those dice, set them out where I need to, and then my next turn comes up, and I'm back to rolling dice. If, if you're looking for that experience... Deep Space D6, I think, is a better version of it. I, I haven't played it, but it's it's very critically acclaimed within the solo community. Yeah, which, um, actually, I think my friend has my copy of it right now, so I can't even break it out to yeah. <laughs> take pictures or anything. But yeah, and, and actually, another similar... It's not, it's not, again, it's not the same game, but um, what do you call it? One Deck Dungeon also has... That's a good one, yep. ...some... Ish. Similar aspects, but yeah. So it's it's dice placement. You're leveling up. Mm-hmm. Um, Dungeon delving. I, I, yep. Yeah, I, I like the implementation better in Sanctum, but it's it's it doesn't. The entirety yep. of the game doesn't work. And that was that was just it. Like it felt like it went through playtesting and development. And like I said, like I've never I I. It is this is so... unlike CG. Can I say that? This yeah, is totally. So unlike CG, CG puts in polished beautiful games you know clever funny and weird games sometimes too with like dungeon pets and um the prodigals club and things like that yeah vlada has his hands on these games i'm very surprised they put this through and and you know i got a demo of this game i thought it was gonna be amazing until i actually sat down and played it (laughs) and it was like oh that's fine it's a game It, it qualifies as game certainly it meets all those criteria but that's a out the best I got for it, so it's unfortunate. It is. It really is because I, I I still want to like the game, and I well, want like the to, game as a solo game. Well, and that's just it. Like I, I I'm holding on to that little bit. Like yes, this is a good solo game. I think it's what it was meant to be. Whether that's what the designer intended is really hard to say, but to me, it was always meant to be a solo game. All right, so. There you have it. Sanctum from CGE. Fell kind of a little flat. Might be good as a solo game. Would recommend as a solo game. Otherwise, as a competitive game, for me personally, um, I'm I'm giving it a three. Fell flat. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's a no shame. Number. So that's, that's Sanctum. That's our thoughts on it. Um, I am very willing to say I'm wrong here. And this is this is my challenge to our listeners. I want to know who's played this game. I want to know what I missed. Explain to me why this is a better game than I'm giving it credit for, because I think that is in there somewhere. I just need someone to show me, because I'm not seeing it for myself. Yeah. In fact, shoot us a note 
podcast at boardgamesquad.com if you had differing opinion on Sanctum or if, if you agreed with us. Let us know. Moving on to uh, something a little more upbeat. We, yeah, we recently acquired a copy of Troll from Oink Games. Uh, we finally have it in hand now. Um, we kind of teased it last episode, which was a couple of months ago. But um, we do have the copy of Troll now. We are ready to put up the contest for it. Paul, you want to kind of give them rules and expectations on that one? Yeah, so I'm going to put up the contest. It's going to be using a system called King Sumo. And we're going to drop it in the show notes. If you enter the contest, you heard about it from our podcast, you're going to get a little bit of bonus entries. I don't know, I'll, I'll give some point value to it. That is a nice nice bump for our podcast listeners that when we share it on social media, on the website, the email newsletter, you're not going to they're not going to have access to that. You're going to get a nice little bump for being a podcast listener. Um, Because what, for the first week, we're not going to announce anything on social media or the website or anything like that. It's just for podcast listeners for the first week. For the first week. Yep. And then that'll go away. And anyone who enters will have a smaller chance of winning. Like they should, frankly. Yeah. We value you guys and gal. You. You on the treadmill listening to this right now. This is for you. Come hang out with us. We love you. Absolutely. We're going to give away a copy of Troll. Um, check out the show notes. We'll have the link there. Uh, the link will end up being boardgamesquad.com slash giveaways. Uh, you can always link the podcast, boardgamesquad.com slash podcast. Uh, Paul, am I forgetting anything? Anything else we should plug? No, that's that's the show. <laughs> that it is. So, yeah, on behalf of Paul, I'm Adam. And on behalf of Adam, I'm Paul. Thanks so much for listening. Wrong again? No, no, I think you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for playing. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next edition of Board Game Squad. It's boardgamesquad.com slash podcast. I said subscribe. I'm waiting. Seriously? On behalf of Adam and Paul, thanks for tuning in. My name is not important. At least to Adam and Paul. Dude, it's your turn. <laughs>